Lady Britomart, yes, you, of course. You were twenty-four last June. You've been at Harrow and Cambridge. You've been to India and Japan. You must know a lot of things now, unless you have wasted your time most scandalously. Well, advise me. Stephen, you know I've never interfered in the household. Lady Britomart, no, I should think not. I don't want you to order the dinner. Stephen, I mean in our family affairs. Lady Britomart, you must interfere now, for they're getting quite beyond me. Stephen, I've thought sometimes that perhaps I ought, but really, Mother, I know so little about them, and what I do know is so painful. It is so impossible to mention some things to you. Lady Britomart, I suppose you mean your father? Stephen, yes. Lady Britomart, my dear, we can't go on all our lives not mentioning him. Of course, you were quite right not to open the subject until I asked you to, but you're old enough now to be taken into my confidence and to help me to deal with him about the girls. Stephen, but the girls are all right. They are engaged. Lady Britomart, yes, I've made a very good match for Sarah. Charles Lomax will be a millionaire at thirty-five, but that is ten years ahead, and in the meantime his trustees cannot, under the terms of his father's will, allow him more than eight hundred pounds a year. Stephen, but the will says also that if he increases his income by his own exertions, they may double the increase. Lady Britomart, Charles Lomax's exertions are much more likely to decrease his income than to increase it. Sarah will have to find at least another eight hundred pounds a year for the next ten years, and even then they will be as poor as church mice. And what about Barbara? I thought Barbara was going to make the most brilliant career of all of you. And what does she do? joins the Salvation Army, discharges her maid, lives on a pound a week, and walks in one evening with a professor of Greek, whom she's picked up in the street, and who pretends to be a Salvationist, and actually plays the big drum for her in public, because he's fallen head over ears in love with her. Stephen, I was certainly rather taken aback when I heard they were engaged. Cousins is a very nice fellow, certainly. Nobody would ever guess that he was born in Australia, but... Lady Britomart... Oh, Adolphus Cousins will make a very good husband. After all, nobody can say a word against Greek. It stamps a man at once as an educated gentleman, and my family, thank heaven, is not a pig-headed Tory one. We are Whigs, and believe in liberty. Let snobbish people say what they please. Barbara shall marry not the man they like, but the man I like. Stephen, of course I was thinking only of his income. However, he's not likely to be extravagant. Lady Britomart, don't be too sure of that, Stephen. I know you're quiet, simple, refined, poetic people like Adolphus, quite content with the best of everything. They cost more than your extravagant people, who are always as mean as they are second-rate. No, Barbara will need at least two thousand pounds a year. You see, it means two additional households. Besides, my dear, you must marry soon. I don't approve of the present fashion of philandering bachelors and late marriages— and I'm trying to arrange something for you. Stephen, it's very good of you, Mother, but perhaps I'd better arrange that for myself. Lady Britomart, nonsense. You're much too young to begin matchmaking. You would be taken in by some pretty little nobody. Of course, I don't mean that you're not to be consulted. You know that as well as I do. Stephen closes his lips and is silent. Now, don't sulk, Stephen. Stephen, I'm not sulking, Mother. What has all this got to do with, with, with my father? Lady Britomart, my dear Stephen, where is the money to come from?
It is easy enough for you and the other children to live on my income as long as we are in the same house, but I can't keep four families in four separate houses. You know how poor my father is. He has barely seven thousand a year now. And really, if he were not the Earl of Stevenage, he would have to give up society. He can do nothing for us. He says, naturally enough, that it is absurd that he should be asked to provide for the children of a man who is rolling in money. You see, Stephen, your father must be fabulously wealthy, because there's always a war going on somewhere. Stephen, you need not remind me of that, Mother, and I've hardly ever opened a newspaper in my life without seeing our name in it. The Undershaft Torpedo, the Undershaft Quickfirers, the Undershaft Ten-Inch, the Undershaft Disappearing Rampart Gun, the Undershaft Submarine, and now the Undershaft Aerial Battleship. At Harrow they call me the Woolwich Infant. At Cambridge it was the same.